morning, ladies. So just a couple of things before we get started. Welcome back. Um, we are not. We are only going to be meeting in December one time because of the Christmas tea. Um, I don't want to pull you guys out of your house Saturday and then pull you guys out again Monday night because I know December gets very busy. So, and as women, we wear many hats, and so I don't want to be tugging on you too. I want you to uh, be home Monday night with your families. So we'll only be meeting December, and it's a different date because I know if I tried to do if I tried to keep it with the first and third, that would have fell on December twentieth and that's five days before Christmas, so that's a no-go. So we're gonna meet in December, we're gonna meet December 13th. Okay, just so you know about that. I hope you all signed up for the tea. And then um, I'm gonna go ahead and pray, and then we have someone else's teaching tonight, which is very exciting. So uh, let's just pray. Lord, we thank you for this evening, we thank you for um, your faithfulness, Lord, we thank you that you are a God who cares, Lord, that you are in the business of um, growing us up, Lord, maturing us, Lord, and making us uh, love one another better, Lord, in the way that you want us to love one another. And um, we just thank you for your word, Lord, how it changes us, Lord, and um, doesn't leave us as infants but grows us up. And so I just pray, Lord, as we... Um, here tonight from you, Lord, that you would just bless our time together, and as we've um, come away from whatever day it's been or week it's been, Lord, um, or things with our job, I just pray, Lord, that you'd help our busy minds to slow down and um, hear from you tonight. Soften our hearts, God. Prepare our hearts for, for um, your word and just our time together as women, Lord. I thank you for each um, gal that's here tonight, Lord, and I pray you just bless their socks off. In Jesus' name, amen. So I asked Mary Ann um, to fill in for me because um, Tony and I were away, and I, I uh, wanted to really be able to sit and, um, at the conference and hear the teaching and not be so distracted about having to prepare when I got back when I was away. So thankfully, um, Mary Ann said she would. <laughs> but I've known Mary since um, we were nursing. I was nursing Abby, and she was nursing Chris right? At Calvary Vineland in the nursery. And that's how we met in the nursery. And um, so we've been friends ever since, and she's just a dear, uh, a dear heart. So welcome, Mary Ann. Well, thank you so much. I, every time I look at Trish, she reminds me of uh, somebody who should be in a Hallmark movie, right? <laughs> Just that beautiful, the beauty. So, I have to say that this study this week was very challenging um, and very convicting for me. Um, I'm not sure how it is or how it was for you, but... Um, there's so much to glean from it, and um, and the book of James, you know, as you know, it's like smack in your face, right? With um, he's, it, it's one of my favorite books actually, because I feel like I I'm thankful that there's conviction because I I, I want to be better, I want to do better, so that is um, my heart, and I hope it's yours as well. Um, so the first chapter in James 
was she is patient in testing. The second chapter is she practices the truth. So, but before we get started, before I read, let's go into the, a word of prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord, for just your love, Lord. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Lord, thank you for the truths of your word, and thank you that we can gather, Lord, um, so freely and just be amongst women that are like-minded. I just pray that you will speak to our heart, Lord. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will guide my thoughts and my words, Lord, that it will minister to the heart. Lord, we want to have the heart of you, Lord, and so we just commit this time before you. We just pray for this study. In your name we pray, amen. So, um, James 2 continues the theme of maturity presented at the beginning of the book. When James opens his letter, he challenges his readers to view trials as opportunities to grow rather than obstacles to lament. He is He asserts that every trial we overcome helps us mature as Christians. Enduring them makes our faith and relationship with our Savior all the stronger. This maturity leads us to put our faith into action. And James says, we are blessed when we look into the perfect law of liberty and then do what we find there. The theme transitions directly into the thoughts of James, too. When we put our faith into action, we will lose all prejudice and learn to trust and and learn to treat others with grace and fairness, regardless of any worldly differences that might separate us. So we're going to read James 2 straight through, and then I'm going to break it down into um, a few sections here. So James chapter 2, my brethren... Um, He's speaking to believers. Do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. Um, Some of your translations might say favoritism or prejudice. Um, For if there should come into your assembly a man with gold rings in fine apparel, and there should also come in a poor man in filthy clothes, and you pay attention to the one wearing the fine clothes and say to him, you sit here in a good place and say to the poor man, you stand there or sit here at my footstool. Have you not shown partiality among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brethren, has God not shown the poor of this world to be rich in faith and theirs and heirs of the kingdom, which I write so much in my Bible, it's like I'm trying to read (laughs) Uh, the kingdom which he promised to those who love him. But you have dishonored the poor man. Do not the rich oppress you and drag you into the courts? Do they not blaspheme the, uh, that noble name by which you are called? If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you do well. But if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted convicted by the law as transgressors transgressors for whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point he is guilty of all for he who said do not commit adultery also said do not murder now if you do not commit adultery but you do murder you have become a transgressor of the law so speak and so do as those who will be judged by the law of liberty for judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs 
over judgment. So James gives the illustration of the rich man and the poor man in the assembly. Based on nothing more than their outward appearance, they are assigned to their place in the church. Partiality, as James describes, it is permeating our culture, and it sets a man-made standard for elevating one person over another. Uh, First Samuel says, and if you remember the story in First Samuel, um, the Lord rejected Saul as king, and he um, was raising up another king, and he said to um, Samuel to go to the house of Jesse and um, that there would be a king there. And um, what, what Samuel thought was the one that looked kingly-like, which would, was Eliab, but actually, and he went through all his sons, but it was David that was the king, kind of like the run of the litter, if you want to say. But um, the Lord says, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or physical stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees, for the Lord looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord, um, but the Lord looks at the heart. So what would you say to these stories? If a woman walked into the church and um, she was greeted by a greeter, and the greeter said to her, when you come to church, you might want to wear your best clothes. And she says, these are my best clothes. Or what would you say if a gentleman came into church and he was like Rastafarian hair, like it was like a little bit straggly and chains and leather and, um, and uh, he'd come week after week after week. And then one week he decides to clean himself up and he gets his hair cut, he puts on his suit, he goes to the church and the greeter says, well, now you're starting to look like a Christian. Um, sad, isn't it? But those are two true stories um, of a church that I, I um, had attended at one time. It's, it's interesting because I feel like <clears throat> when, I, when we look at the rich man and the poor man, I feel like sometimes I have the tendency to go after the, the poor man or whatever. Sometimes when the rich, when, if there was somebody rich, I'd be like, you know, like, but with, um, which that is equally as bad as what is happening here as well. Deuteronomy ten seventeen for the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who show no partiality nor takes a bribe. Romans two eleven for there is no partiality with God. James three seventeen but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. Um, I don't know if you've, like, if you've ever seen the movie Pretty Women. I don't know, most of you. Well, if you remember the scene, Richard Gere, um, he uh, gives Julia Roberts money to go you know, she's a prostitute. Um, um, <laughs> um, and uh, he gives her money to go buy clothes. And so she goes into R- Rodeo Drive. It's like the high-end um, boutique. And she goes in, if you remember the scene, and um, they kind of like gasp when she walked in. And they ask her, 
um, well, she had asked what, um, how much something was, and they said, um, well, I don't think that's going to fit you. And she says, well, I didn't ask how much it was going to, if it was going to fit me, I asked how much it was. She says, we don't have anything here that's going to um, fit you or whatever. And so she left, they, please leave. So she leaves, she goes back, um, she, she goes to the boutique that's in the hotel, they give her clothes, she goes back to the place, and uh, all dressed up to the nines. And when she walks in, she says, do you remember me? And um, she's, the clerk says, no, I don't. And, and she said, well, I was here yesterday, and you wouldn't wait on me. She says, big mistake, huge, big, huge. So um, I think at times, if we can be honest, we can be like that store clerk. We make snap judgments about people or person based on nothing more than their physical appearance and the clothes that they might be wearing. James says when we show partiality between people based simply on their outward appearance, color of their skin, number of piercings or tattoos, they might have um, social economics. When we might make distinctions based on those things, James says in verse 4, if you read it, that we become judges with evil thoughts what <laughs> I mean when I read that uh, that's was very very convicting me convicting it really spoke to my heart because I thought I didn't really I mean as much as I've read James I, it didn't really register to me in my mind like that and um, I guess it was last week um, there was workers out front of my house and um, for some odd reason they happened to cut our cable line. So I was without um, cable and internet the whole weekend, which is horrible. Like it's, uh, I don't know about you, but I was like, oh my goodness. But what it actually did was, I couldn't watch television, couldn't be on the phone, or whatever. So um, I thought, I'm going to, I'm going to do my study. I'm going to do, I'm going to do the study. And so I spent I spent all day doing the study, and I was just so filled and just so thankful um, for everything. And later on, I was meeting up with some friends. And so I thought, well, let me bake for them. And um, two friends, one's from Pennsylvania, the other one's from Florida. And I thought, well, let me bake for them. So I baked for them. And, I mean, this is so silly, so minute, but I found myself putting, like, the better scones on one and then the other and I and I thought for a second like what am I doing like I, I felt like I was showing favoritism to one over the other and I mean it's so silly I mean not that I had evil thoughts by any means but my heart was wrong um, and so then I gave the burnt ones to Steve so he was happy but <laughs> but um, it, it just comes in subtle like that I feel like it just comes in subtle like in something like that where we could show partiality and not even be in tune to it. And so I really feel like we have to um, just be aware. Um, Warren Wiersbe says, we should look at everyone through the eyes of Christ. If the visitor is a Christian, we can accept them because Christ lives in them. If they are not a Christian, we can receive them because Christ died for them. It is Christ who is the link between us and others, and he is a link of love. The basis for relationship with others is the person and work of Jesus Christ. We should look at everyone like that. 
So we're going to move into um, um, verse um, 5. Listen, my beloved brethren, has God not shown the poor of this world be rich in faith and the heirs of the kingdom which he promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Do not the rich oppress you and drag you into courts? Do they not blaspheme that noble name by which you are called? James reminds us that the king of heaven belongs to the poor in spirit and not necessarily those rich in possession. Matthew 5.3. Um, I think of the widow's might. I mean, she, based, she gave out of her poverty and, um, and other people just gave you know, out of their riches. And, uh, and I just thought, that's the heart that I want to have. I want to have her heart. Um, James pointed out that God is pleased to use the poor of the world to spread and re- reveal his message. For although the poor are lacking in material resources, they are often rich in faith. Somehow, when the bank account is meager, the soul is desperate for God's provision because we know our daily bread will not be there unless the Lord puts it there. And I just remember sharing with the girls last time we met, um, you know, one of my prayers a few years ago was, Lord, I want to solely depend on you. And um, I had no idea what that prayer was going to lead to. And it, it led to us being stripped away, like, with everything. Uh, we had Steve, – Steve was out of work for, um, like, two and a half years. And um, we, we just had nothing. And I remember Christmas Eve sitting at um, – I don't know if it was social services or someplace, but um, trying to collect food stamps. And um, it was so humbling because – I, I looked around and I could see these people and they were just in such desperate need. And I felt like the Lord kind of used that for me to um, maybe minister in a, in a sense there. But it was, it, was, it was a time where I felt like we, we had nobody else or nothing else that we could depend on except for God. And it was amazing how he provided every need that we could possibly have at that point. Uh, and and I feel like it is so true that we, when we have some abundance, we may not look to him and, and go to him when we should go to him. Um, I think when we are in that desperate need, we have no choice. F.B. Meyer says, the rich man may trust him, but the poor man must. The poor man has no fortress in which to hide except the two strong arms of God. Wealth can sometimes present an obstacle to full dependency on God. Isn't that true? When we have nothing, we have everything because we have Jesus. Proverbs 22, verse 2, the rich and the poor have this in common. The Lord is the maker of them all. 1 John 4, 7, beloved, let us love one another for love is of God and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this the love of God was manifested toward us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. In In this is love, not that we loved God, but he loved us and sent his son to the to be the propitiation for our sins. 
Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. That was in First uh, John 4, 7. I don't know if I said that. Um, so as we move down, we're going to um, go into verse 8. If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you do well. But if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whosoever shall keep the law and yet stumble in one point, he is guilty of all. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. Now, if you do not commit adultery, but you do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak, so do, as those who will be judged by the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Um, I don't know about you, but I wasn't really thinking that showing partiality was committing a sin. But here it does. James does say that. Um, it's a royal law because it comes from the king to his people and embraces the rich and the poor alike. We read in Deuteronomy 6, 4, 6, 4 to 5, The Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. In Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven to 4, 40, Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And Galatians 6.14 says, For all the law is fulfilled in one word. Even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So I, I, we see constantly through scripture of where the Lord is saying to, um, you know, to love your neighbor. Um, and and I, when I was thinking about that, I was thinking of hospitality. And, um, and I just feel like, I don't know, I don't know if it's because of COVID that it may not be happening as much as it used to, um, but I feel like it's, it's, it's such a, we were doing the, the study on hospitality and it's, it doesn't necessarily mean that um, you have to have the, you know, a, a, a certain type of house or whatever. I mean, I really feel like it's just fellowship. I feel like that this is what we're, we're I feel like ladies need that, um, you know, that, that fellowship together. And I feel like it's something that's so important and so lost right now. Um, who is our neighbor? Who is our neighbor? Your neighbor isn't necessarily the person next door or, the, or across the street. It could be a coworker. It could be um, a family member. It could be um, somebody at the grocery store line. Um, or it could be um, perhaps somebody here at church. Um, it is who, whoever the Lord um, puts on your heart to minister to. James tells us if we love our neighbor we, we do well, but if we show partiality, we commit sin and are convicted of the law as transgressors. I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like that is um, so convicting when I think about that because I, I feel like at times I can show partiality. I can, I can show, be prejudiced. I could be, um, show favoritism. I mean, even with our own kids. I mean, sometimes, you know, not that you want to do that, but um, sometimes it just happens. 
And um, that is something that I, I just think, uh, Lord, speak to my heart. Help me, Lord, because we, we just need him. We can't do it in our own strength, only through his. While some in the church might have seen partiality as a lesser sin, James informs us that any sin, no matter how small it seems, constitutes breaking the whole law. Um, and I'm going to actually um, read about the Good Samaritan, and that's in um, Luke 10, 25 to 37. I mean, if you have your Bibles, you can even follow along, too. Luke 10, 25 to 37. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading reading of it? So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Um, There's a cross-reference, Leviticus 19.18. And he said to him, you have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. But he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? When Jesus answered and said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a certain priest came down the road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring in on oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day he departed. He took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, then I come again, I will repay you. So which of these Three, do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, he who showed mercy on him. And then Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. And I just think, um, you know, are we showing mercy? Who are we? Which one are we? Um, I think which example are we going to live by? Are we going to live in God's love and love with God's love given through Jesus? If we truly experience God's grace and God's mercy, it will come out in the way we treat others. It's by the empowering of the Holy Spirit and our faith in Jesus Christ that truly lets us walk out the love of law and love as Jesus taught us to love as he lived by his perfect sinless example. I just wanted to close now. Um, There's a song that we sing um, on Sunday mornings. 
Um, and the lyrics are, holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder and show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. I don't, do you remember? Do you remember that song? Every time I sing it, I, I, I just think of, fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. Um, let that be our prayer that he would fill our hearts and lead us in his love to those around us. And I just think, um, you know, I feel like I feel like we should make it a point each, maybe tonight or Sunday, um, to catch up with somebody that we don't know and just say hello. I feel like um, that that's it's the heart of Jesus of just introducing ourselves to somebody different and and getting to know them and maybe even sharing in some hospitality. The th um, okay, so that was it actually. Um, so I'm so thankful for what the Lord, um, what the Lord is doing through this book of James. It's, um, as, as I was saying, it was, it's, it's convicting, but yet it's life changing as well. I think that there's so many truths in, in the word, um, that help us to live out, um, our faith and know what to do through the times of testing. And I'm so grateful that, um, that we can spend, um, you know, each week learn, or every other week learning more and more about, um, you know, how, how the Lord wants us to live through the book of James. So let's pray. Father, thank you for just your love, Lord. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. And, um, Lord, thank you that you are constantly with us, Lord, that you are, guiding and directing us, Lord. We look to you for wisdom and situations, Lord, that um, we might be in, Lord. And I, I just pray for our hearts as, um, as we are in a place where there could be partiality shown, Lord. And I just pray that um, whether it's partiality, favoritism, or even prejudice, Lord, I pray that you would do a work in our hearts, Lord, that we would um, reflect your love, Lord, and that everything we would do and say, Lord, would be pleasing to you. Lord, I just pray for each lady here and just um, their hearts as well. I just thank you for um, each one, and I pray that you will just impart the truths of your word to us, Lord, that we can just live um, freely and um, without, without judgment, without um, those things, Lord. I pray that we would um, just look to you for the guidance in our life that we need. And we just th uh, thank you for all that you do in the name of Jesus. Amen.